On this week's episode, we tee off with the PGA Tour Champions Pro. That was a lot to say. Currently doing his thing on the mic for the Golf Channel and NBC Sports, NB3, Noda Begay. Let's go. Hey, this is Noda Begay III, and I'm on the One Star Recruits podcast. Yo, aloha. Welcome to the One Star Recruits podcast. I'm DK, joined as always with my best friend, Rip, of 25 years. We're one stars. We got five stars that come on our podcast and help us get better with life and sport and fun and leisure, all that good stuff. This week, an exciting one. We've been trying to do this for a long time. We finally did it. We got a golf guy on the pod. We're bringing Nick B back because we got a golf a golf guy on. Woo! But I'm going to start with just a little, just, just off the top here, golf, fellas. I played yesterday. I played on Thanksgiving. I played yesterday. Yesterday, I lost a sleeve of Callaway Softs. Made a couple putts, really got a love-hate relationship with the game, but I'm pretty addicted to this silly little game. And before we go to Nick B, and I'll talk a little bit more about some golf here, before we get to Noda, Rip, I think you're the love-hate scale, you might be on the just the complete hate side of golf. I don't think we've talked about this, but where do you fall on the spectrum, Mr. Rip? No, I'm not. You know, it's it's something I've wanted to get more involved in. The only thing I don't like about it is how expensive it seems to be. Uh, it's not something where you can just pick up a basketball and start shooting on any hoop for for basically free. You know, the clubs and the, and the greens fees and all that. But I think, you know, as I get into my mid 40s and 50s, I think it's something I'm going to get a lot more active in because uh, I want to teach my kids. That's a big thing of it, too. I think when people start wanting to get their kids out there, it's really a lifelong thing. Football is one of those things where the odds are against you to even go be be good in high school, much less college. Uh, and then you're getting hurt. Golf's, golf's one of those things, especially if you can play with your kids. I watch Nick B and his pops, Ernie. They play all the time. I know Big Ernie drives Nick B nuts. But it's a great common denominator in your relationship for father-son stuff. Uh, so I really appreciate it from that one, too. Nick B, I got a couple, actually. We'll lead with you. What up, Nick B? How are you, bro? What up, bro? I'm really good. Thank you for uh, mentioning that. And real quick, I think Rip's answer was a perfect little segue to early mention that the MB3 Foundation, right? There's foundations out there that are helping kids get into golf because it is expensive. Luckily for me, my brother got a job at a golf course. Otherwise, I would have never started playing the game because it is too expensive when you're young. So what up? Sorry for the long intro. What up? Very good. Nick has feelings on it. Yeah, a lot of sports, too. I don't want to shit on golf because it does get that. And it is that and the, all those things are. But same with ice hockey. Uh, I would argue same with football. You know, can't just get a football and go play anymore. Uh, I think that's why soccer, uh, European football, if you will, too, is so worldwide. That's a, We'll talk on the back half of the pod a little bit about World Cup. But I think, too, it's just easy. You can get a soccer ball and some homies and you're out there. Play football is a little harder. But shit, all good, though. Nick B, so a couple golf hitters here, because I got some questions that have just come up in my head lately in golf. So I'm going to throw them out to you. And, and Rip, you can throw your thoughts in here, too. It's a, uh, a couple of things. Maybe say, give me a true or false on some of these. Uh, I'll hit you with this first one. I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel this way. If the tee box isn't level, then the course is poorly managed. Telltale sign. Wow, that's hard to give it a straight true or false. Um, I would say true. That's one of my biggest pet peeves too, bro. How do you have such a beautiful course and then have this lumpy tee box? I say almost any course. I think that's just a huge, like, we should not pay more than 20 bucks. Rip, do you have any thoughts on that one? You can say no. I mean, if you're 
working at the golf course isn't that on your on your checklist is that a thing you can fix easily Did you'd be surprised man you'd be surprised how many how many 20 degree angles you, you might line up on on some of these but it's, i think it's a, just a if if you're on a golf course and you're slanted or you're bumpy on that tee box it's going to be very hard to find any consistency in your game so i think that's a telltale sign to maybe move on to another course here's another one there should be no penalty nick b for signing an incorrect scorecard in a golf tournament this is for the pros absolutely false bro that's like saying you don't have to go take your finals to get your degree like you gotta do the shit that sucks you gotta put in the time you gotta put in the work and keeping track of your score and writing it down in those little boxes is part of the game could it possibly just be a bit of an archaic system where there's cameras on you now so you don't have to do that or we just there's a lot of golf takes that we get into that are a little bit like that but nick b's a fan so listeners in pro golf if you end the tournament which just has happened a handful of times and you don't sign your card immediately, penalties. It's affected some tournaments before. So one of my rules in life, you got to be on time and you, you got to have accuracy, man. I mean, DK, you, we, maybe there's a drone like scorekeeper coming in the future, but how it is right now, man, you, you can't mess that stuff up. It's pretty wild. And golf's ahead of it. I think golf's ahead of it with a lot of their technology, say, versus baseball and some other sports. And it's gotten just a lot better when people say, I don't watch golf. Like it's badass. They have the tracers and they show you all the opportunities, all the it's it's gotten a lot better. Uh, one more. Let me see. OK, OK, Rip, here's one. People who say dumb stuff after a drive at a tournament should be escorted off premises. One one, which I kind of think is still funny, but a common one is Baba Booey. As soon as a drive is hit, good or bad. So a Baba Booey yell uh, when Tiger gets up there. A lot of times anything could be said. Nick B, you got any any that jump out at you? What are some famous ones you've heard before? They're they're well, super the, annoying to me. That's actually actually what I was gonna say is the Baba Boo. You got to give props to Howard Stern and the the followers of him, bro. He's the one that started that. It's really funny. There's some some stories about you know did he and his team potentially send some girls out to the Masters to try to raz Tiger Woods back in the day? I, you know, if I had to answer, I'd say true. So Baba Booey, I think, is the most common one. But then people say mashed potatoes. Yeah, dude, mashed I potato. think those are all terrible yep. things. Like, mashed. if you want to yell just so that your family can know that you were at the tournament or, like, get that type of attention, like, you're lame. Nigga Grease, you should be escorted off ca- off premises if you give them mashed potatoes after. Totally agree. The drive. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, the, the old guy that walks past a, a line of people in the, in the line at Best Buy at Black Friday just saying, like, dumb things to people. Like, hey, you're going to be here all day. Or, you know, like, that guy, <laughs> like, just making dumb old guy jokes and uh, yeah they, they should be kicked out i do actually do there's a caveat that i have to say though and maybe it's maybe i fall in that whack category and i should be escorted off myself too but i do love yelling on like a putt i do love yelling get in the hole and i think when a lot of people yell that like it's kind of in good spirit but maybe that's what she said hey, that's what she said so. <laughs> oh yeah a lot, probably kick, a lot of kick me off joke. the pod kick me off this, the pod the same dude who's at the walmart's there saying that 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 joke yeah they, they get in the holes those are fun though too because you feel like you're part of it a little bit but the yells on the drive over i'm over it too uh last one last one a lot of people need to learn this is to me this one speaks right to me holy shit a lot of people need to learn to love the game again and realize they're not good enough to be upset about a bad shot and need to accept they may never be as good as they think they can be just have fun true or false nigby true 100 true and i think true. i mentioned i mentioned that to you yesterday i think too that like bro it's such a journey this game of golf like you're, you're never going to be satisfied you're going to get down to a single handicap and then you're going to be upset that you're not a scratch and then i know people that are scratch 
they're not happy because they didn't shoot a bogey free round with five birdies. So it's, it's never ending, dude. It's the American cycle. It's the truest thing ever. One more Bobby Jones quote. We're going to get to this interview with Noda. It's a really good one. Golf is the closest game to the game we call life. You get bad breaks from good shots. You get good breaks from bad shots. But you have to play the ball where it lies. That's my guy, Bobby Jones. It's a couple guys Nick, Nick plays with might move their balls a little bit more, though, so they're not playing that thing where they lie. I know a guy who plays true all the time, and it was a great interview. Rip, I love having a golfer on. I want more golfers on this podcast. Enjoy this interview with the one and only Noda Begay the Third. Now joining the One Star Recruits podcast, we have a husband, a father, a native of Albuquerque, New Mexico, a current analyst for both the Golf Channel and NBC Sports, and an early 2000s icon on the PGA Tour rocking the double hoop earrings. We got, <laughs> we got MB3, Noda Begay Third. Thanks for hanging out with the One Stars, Noda. Oh, great to be with you. Glad we made it happen. And I'm getting a little few requests from fans out there as I make my PJ Tour Champions debut to bring the double hoops back. So, you know, just keep your eye in 2023. You may see them. Oh, breaking news on the one-star recruits. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I miss those things. I, I, I read they were actually a tribute to your tribal roots, which is super cool to me. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad NBC didn't put the clamps down on you with the dress code, man. Are we going to see them in 2023? Yeah, we may see them. You know, NBC has been a a, a great uh, corporate partner, boss, uh, whatever capacity they, they exist in my life, but uh, there's really never been any resistance from them in any way, shape or form. They've supported uh, everything that I do culturally for my community and uh, the double hoops. They just, they didn't say anything. They actually liked them. Stylish, stylish, my man. Okay. Golf. I'm going to hit it real fast. You started with the PGA tour champions and played a couple tourneys this fall already. I believe you're doing the part-time player, part-time broadcaster, part-time life lover. Where does your game stand right now? When is your next tournament that you'll be playing in? And Noda, if you want to break some news, my man, about your next tournament on the pod, feel free. <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to it. It's great to get back that back out there competitively. I really forgot how hard it how hard it is to uh, you know post a real score in a tournament and. You know, when you see Fred Couples go out there and shoot 60 in the final round, um, you're just like, whoa, uh, what, what am I missing here? But um, it's very competitive out there. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to sort of a new chapter, uh, doing so much with um, our Native American community initiatives under the MB3 Foundation. We just had uh, our Junior Golf National Championship these last two weeks, so a lot of stuff on the youth front. I think PJ Tour Champions will give me a chance to really uh, create a new platform and really connect with this next young generation of golfers and sort of getting them and not only just getting them into the game, but endearing them to the game because so many opportunities in our industry. You don't just have to play for a living, but you can do so many other things. Absolutely. Um, and we'll definitely be rooting for you out there, Noda. We all three grew up in Arizona, or as we like to call it, New Mexico's cousin. Um, I'm currently a five handicap with back problems, totally 100% one star here. Um, my home track is a legacy golf resort, kind of Southern Phoenix. DK loves Ken McDonald and Tempe. Do you have any favorite courses here in Arizona? I do. Well, uh, I'm a little partial only because I designed it. The, the Sawilo <laughs> Golf Club down in Tucson is probably my favorite. Go check it out if you haven't. Uh, I know I somebody. Give me a call. I can get you a tea time. 
but you know, the Arizona courses are extremely fun. I had a ton of, ton of fun playing in the waste management Phoenix open, uh, the years that I was playing the PJ tour. If you even go as far up North, uh, up to Mirabelle and some of these other, you know, more private types of courses, but a lot of great public golf, um, Ak Chin, Southern Dunes is a wonderful venue just outside Phoenix. Uh, they host a lot of qualifying events. You know, a great 36-hole facility, probably one of the best practice facilities uh, is the Whirlwind Golf Club there just south of Phoenix. So um, some great choices, great public access. And uh, Phoenix, you know, if you like casual golf, um, especially in the offseason, it's dirt cheap. I played in uh, Phoenix on Monday, and I'm thinking about getting it. It's the perfect time of year right now, listeners, if you're in Arizona. If you're in the Southwest, go play a little bit of golf. We need some help, Noda. Nick B mentioned it. I also had back problems throughout really the last five years of my life. I know it's been well chronicled with you. And the, the main reason is kind of you stopped golfing had a lot to do with, with the back. Here's my question. What's a tip that we can activate, Nick B and I and other listeners, with, I don't want to say it's hitting scared anymore, but we're more aware of our backs at this point in time. Is there a particular warm-up? Is there a particular thing that you've learned that can help us in... For me, I like to launch my driver, and I need a lot of torque for that. Is there something I should be doing before the round to uh, to make sure my back is right? Well, and, and don't take this the wrong way, fellas, because <laughs> but but we need to drop a few lbs. That that's the first thing that you can do. Um, the I, I dropped seventeen pounds getting ready for the PJ Tour Champions, and the compression on my low back. I still have an eight millimeter herniation in my L four L five disc, which causes me you know day to day pain, just kind of like what you're dealing with, but as I started to lose some, some weight, I, I just feel better in the morning. It takes me a little bit less time to get warmed up, but to your question, yes, warm up. I think, um, there's body weight exercises you, that you can learn. Um, if you want to take a little, um, little cord out there, elastic cord, uh, you know, those things you can throw them in your bag. They're easy to carry around. They're light. And there's this new device I just started working with, uh, Tiger turned me on to it called the Burn 180. It's this little disc that, you, that affixes to any wall or any flat surface. And then you can do um, band exercises at any different angle and just get your back. I, was just, I just got out of a workout using uh, that particular device. But yes, you need to warm up. Uh, if you can hop on a treadmill, if you're staying at a hotel prior to heading out to the course, you know, do a 10 you know, eight to 10 minutes on that, increase the incline every couple of minutes, and that'll get your back a little bit better warmed up and, you know, maybe re reduce chance of injury and let you hit it a little further, swing a little harder. What's your rotation, Noda, just out of curiosity, when you do warm up, you grabbing that low wedge and working your way up like I do, or am I doing that wrong? No, I, I grab, I usually grab a nine or an eight iron and I hit three quarter shots until it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> Smart. Smart. I need to start doing that. Yeah, like, you know, you guys know, you guys have been, you guys are there, right? It's like, all right, I know it's going to stop hurting at some point. Either I'm going to warm up or the Advil is going to kick in. One of the two things is going to happen. But yeah. I, I just, you know, sometimes it's 10, 12 balls, sometimes it's 15, 20. But as soon as I start to feel like the ball, the ball, when you warm up, will actually start traveling a little further. So if you kind of watch when you first start, if you get another 15 to 20 yards out of it, then you can probably transition into a, a fuller swing. Can I, uh, I'd like to piggyback on that question if I could real quick, DK. So for us amateur golfers, I think it's kind of well known that when we go out there and we have an absolute pre uh, prime range session, when you're just striping everything, 
And then you go out and you hit the force and you just can't replicate it. Is it the same for you guys on tour or is it you guys have practiced, put in the work long enough that the range sessions are all pretty so true? Well, I think golfers and athletes in general are pretty superstitious and having a perfect range session is like seeing a black cat. <laughs> uh, you just don't, you, you, you know, there'll be more golfers that'll tell you I had a great round after the worst rain session of the year. Then I had a great rain, rain session and I followed it up with an even better round. Very few times uh, do you ever hear that in the post round comments on the PJ tour. And in fact, myself, I had one of the worst rain sessions of my life on um, the Sunday of the FedEx St. Jude. I was leading the tournament. I was the last guy on the range in the last group. And I, I don't hit a draw and I started drawing it literally 10 minutes before my tee time. And I pan, I panicked. I literally yeah. panicked. And my brother is caddying for me, check my ball position. I mean, you got 10 minutes. It's like, and then it's nine minutes, eight minutes. I'm like, I still haven't figured it out. So with about four or five minutes left till my tee time, we walk over to the first tee and I'm just like, look, I'm going to aim down the middle, make my swing. If I draw it, I'm playing a draw for the rest of the round. I aim down the middle, hit a striper, little baby draw on it. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm going to hit a draw. And thankfully for me, and maybe it was fate, um, 12 of the 18 pins were on the back left part of the green. Beautiful. Noda. Hey, while we're talking about golf, I'm, I'm going to stick here because I feel like I have limited options to have an expert with us here. Okay. When I'm standing over my ball, ready to hit, currently right now what's happening is head down, head down, head down, head down, head down, head down. Not the most successful, but I think it's a fairly good technique. What's your thought process when you're over the ball? What's going through your head? Yeah, I don't mind the, the head down, but just make sure your balance is good because um, if your balance is good and your weight distribution isn't too much on your heels or too much on your toes, then that'll maintain your levels in your spine and your shoulders, which will allow you to hit more solid shots. So a nice kind of a good, proud posture and, and good balance, because if what happens is if the weight on your way, say, for instance, if the weight shifts to your heels on the backswing, right? It's coming back toward the toes on the downswing and then that throws your angles off. And then all of a sudden you're sort of guessing versus if you're really focusing and it's harder than you think, but if you focus on a nice balanced weight distribution in your feet, it locks in all the other joints, your hips, your knees, and your shoulders so that you can provide a more consistent strike on the ball um, each rep. I like these tips. DK always says it's all about balance in golf and in life, really. Uh, I want to touch on the origins of your foundation for a second, because you mentioned it briefly, the the National Junior Golf Championship, and it's the MB3 Foundation, been going for almost 20 years now, and the goal is to help Native youth live healthy, active lives through things like physical activity, good nutrition, youth development, something, all those things super important to you. I'm curious, did, did this come about from someone that helped lift you up as a kid or maybe something you wish you had access to growing up? I'll tell you what, we would, we need, we would need another couple hours to <laughs> talk about all the people that helped me along the way. I mean, I slept on people's couches. Uh, I literally hitchhiked to junior golf tournaments, qualifiers. I remember I was in Connecticut and there was a nice guy at the club. I was like, Hey, you know, are you headed this way by chance? I got a qualifier at the club, uh, at this club, it was for the U S pub links. And I, you know, he gave me a ride there, dropped me off at, uh, my, my one star. So we got that in common. I stayed in my one star <laughs> hotel 
There you back go. then, <laughs> um, caught a cab, caught a cab to the qualifier, shot the course record, got in the cab, went to the airport, <laughs> and took my next flight. But it's it's really based, you know, my foundation is based on service. I think that you know one of the greatest opportunities that we have, uh, whether they're athletes, celebrities, whoever, is is service to others. I think if you can really embrace that element and it's not starting a foundation or doing anything grand it's um giving your time um giving your time to something that you care about whether it's a cause an organization a person being a mentor i think those things are integral parts to our own personal fulfillment and makes us just as happy as it does the the other party that that we're serving uh, and that's real really where my foundation started and i tried to stay true to my roots my native american heritage is is critically important to me and just kind of teaching these young kids that it's okay to practice your cultural beliefs and to be proud of where you're from you don't have to leave your your culture behind to be successful in mainstream society it, you can do both i'm very close to my cultural um, traditions um, but I'm also successful in mainstream America. And so I'm trying to just kind of set this new precedent for these young kids moving forward. Okay, it's a, again, that balance. I mean, you're, you're out there in so many ways, yeah. multifaceted, giving that service to others. We, we love to see it. Uh, Noda, we end every interview with the segment we call one star to five star. We're one stars, very well known. We're, tra- we're trying to get better <laughs> with advice and tips from every guest we have on this podcast. So I want to ask just a few questions that run the gamut on a one to five star scale. Let's say one being the lowest, five being the highest. All right, these make me nervous, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's not that bad, trust me. Uh, Nick B up here in the upper left, and I are dads like you, and, and DK is working on that right now. You're you're a proud father of three. Uh, I think your kids are, are you, I believe you almost have two teenagers and, and a five-year-old. So you're you're right in it now in the parenting game, balancing a career, travel, all of it. I know, uh, I know you're a great dad, but we all have, let's call them one-star moments, right? I uh, I accidentally let my kid bite into some medicine last month. I put him in the ER. Super one star. Thankfully, he's okay now, but uh, probably one of the worst parenting moments for me. What's been a one star moment for you during your parenting journey? Something you look back on that you'd rather forget about? Well, I forgot to pick my daughter up at school once. So uh, <laughs> that I, that's a zero star moment um, because mm. when when you have the, the, the teacher calling you saying, um, do you have any intentions on coming to pick up your kid? <laughs> um, and it's not that I didn't have it on my calendar. It didn't. And the eight reminders didn't click in um, when they should have. It's just, I don't know. You know, it was a, I was a one-star dad and uh, it happens. It, and I, I personally, I try and I don't judge other parents because if you're in the game, it is tough. And, you know, breaking even is a win. Um, because we're usually as dads behind the eight ball, especially uh, my my wife and my son um, just got on a plane to Barcelona. My son's going to go over there for a couple of weeks and, and train um, with, for some soccer. Um, so I've got the two girls with me for the next 10 days. So, boys, I might be calling you for some one star <laughs> advice because that might be a step up from where I'm at. Oh, man, I love it. Hey, we all have our moments, man. But uh, good, luck. Right. good luck over those next two weeks. That's going to be a, a challenge for you. <laughs> yeah. Hold on tight. Um, <laughs> staying along on that on that fatherhood theme, one of your tweets recently went a little viral. It showed some vintage pics of you and Tiger Woods kind of pass, passing the torch to his son, Charlie, who played in one of those tournaments down in Louisiana. It's a, a great friendship between you and Tiger. He introduced you at your Stanford Hall of Fame induction. 
what's a let's say what's a five star tiger story that that you've witnessed and can relay about him that just uh, sticks out from over the years on the course or off you know there, there's two there's two men there's two moments the one as a player that I will never forget is uh, I played in the 2000 PJ championship tiger won. he beat Bob May in the playoff. I finished eighth that week. I had a great week and I was flying to the next tournament on Monday. And, and this was about 10 or 11 in the morning. And I called tiger to congratulate him on his win. And we chat and I go, where, where are you at? And this was Monday. Mind you, 24 hours before less than 24 hours before he was winning the PJ at Valhalla. And he's like, I'm on the range. I go, what on earth are you doing on the range? He goes, I'm practicing. I go, why are you practicing? He goes, I'm hitting it so good. I want to keep it. I want to keep it going. And that just told me this guy's on another level because most of us would have taken at least a couple of days off and enjoyed the victory, but he was back there working, grinding, trying to just find that next level that he could get to. Now, as a parent, the best thing that I've seen uh, was at my national junior golf championship where Tiger caddied for Charlie. And I was like, I wonder how this is going to go. So I go out there the very first day the tournament starts and Tiger's got the caddy bib on. He's got the towel over his shoulders and Tiger's hitting his irons and he's cleaning the clubs. He's cleaning the mud off the clubs. Right. And I'm just <laughs> like, this is right. We look at him as, as this icon in the game and he was just being a dad. And I thought that that was awesome. That is amazing. I, I have to piggyback and just ask the, you know, the million dollar question that everybody wants to know. Do you think we'll see him play again uh, before the end of the year? Or when you see him coming out again next? He's playing in a version of the match with Jordan Spieth. And I believe it's Justin Thomas and Roy McElroy. So I think that's coming up um, in like three weeks. And then he's going to play the Hero World Challenge down in the Bahamas, which is that, you know, 20 player field. And then he's going to plop, most likely play the father-son with Charlie in Orlando at um, the Ritz-Carlton Grand Lake. So the, uh, yeah, the PNC, the PF. So you're going, to, you're going to see him three times before the end of the year. And then, you know, if he wants to contend a little more in the majors next year, he needs to um, play a couple events prior just to sort of knock the rest off. So maybe we'll see him at his event in, in L.A. So that would be um, great for everybody. We'll take him at the waste management if he wants to get the party going too. <laughs> oh February. my god, the place yeah, would explode! <laughs> yeah, the place would explode. Last one here. We talked a little bit about the hoop earrings earlier, and one thing I'm personally known for on this podcast by our listeners is my bald head. Part of it's that one star male pattern baldness for sure, but when I cut it real short, I feel like it actually makes me look like seven years younger. So you had the shaved head for a while, and you have this beautiful head of hair now. You have a hat on now, but I know you got the hair flowing. Uh, when are you coming back to the bald head club, Noda? On, on a scale of one to five stars, what are the chances we'll see that from you in 2023? No, that's a that's a one star play. I, I never realized hair could be an asset, but I guess you know in television, if, number one, if you're over 50 and you have it, you're way ahead of the game. But number two, if it's still dark and you can get the flow going, it's 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 a winner, and I I, I can't walk away from a winner. I mean, that's what <laughs> Vegas tells you. Never walk away from a winner, so I'm not going to do that. And if you're, you're 50, a, you're 50. You don't need to diet. I mean, you're you're a winner. No, right look, still, still blind. Mm, beautiful. Noda, mm. you're, you're, yeah. a style, you're a style. You're a style icon, If 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 it comes out with a with a new polo or you got a hat line coming up, I'm I'm into it, man. We've we we think you're a, not only really great at your job on the microphone. I think you're a style icon, my man. Listeners, Thanks. 
Go check all out right. the mb3foundation.org for all the info on the events on the MB3 Foundation going on. There's a ton of awesome events. Lots of stuff in 2023 happening. You can follow this wonderful man on Twitter at NotaBegay3. You're do, doing amazing work on Twitter. I, you're a wonderful follow. Keep it up. Anything else, Nota, you have that's going on in your world that you want to share with us? No, that's it. I uh, look forward to uh, getting back on the show sometime soon and uh, wish you guys all the best with your golf games. Go out and get it done. You're the best. You're the best. Real fast. Who's, who's your favorite Premier League soccer team? Well, we found out you're a soccer fan. Who's your squad? Ooh, uh, I'm kind of partial right now. I mean, I, I guess you – I kind of go against the grain because everybody out there, you pick a team and you die with that team. But, you know, I'm a FC Barcelona fan from the start. Just the way that they played sort of around 2010 was incredible. And I think in the Premier League, I think I'm looking at – I like the way uh, – Man City plays right now. Uh, it, it would either be Man City or Liverpool just because Salah is incredible. I love watching him. Good answer. Nick, you, yeah, you made Nick be very happy. The world no, world. no, no, no. I'm a Manchester United fan, bro. Not, that does not make me happy. But <laughs> let me joke. ask you, no, that, I do want to ask about your what position your son plays. I am curious. Uh, he plays left wing. Okay, cool. So, awesome. yeah, he's, uh, he's really enjoying it. It's his passion right now. He kind of looks at it like I used to look at golf. And so I'm just trying to support him. Got invited to this really cool uh, camp at Barcelona. He's going to get to practice at, at Camp New and um, hang out at La Masia and all the things that the, the, you know these kids dream about. So it was a once in a lifetime. I had to send him. And so he's going to be doing that this week. So I'm happy for him. That's so awesome, man. My my uh, 15-year-old daughter, Jameson, plays uh, center back, and she's going to California this weekend for a tournament, so we're pretty excited. So wow. For your son as well. Yeah, for sure. Soccer pod, World Cup coming up. Noda, you're the man. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you very much. Thank you for being on the One Star Recruits podcast. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you. All right, from some golf to some World Cup. It's happening the, the game of games is happening right now. It's, as we record this podcast, it's the, the, the game today is uh, the United States versus Iran. And I'll leave this, this, this off for the second half of the podcast, and then I'll pass it over to, to you guys. Maybe you're more of experts, because I'm definitely not. And I'll just, here's the situation for me. How do I say it? It was a complete snooze fest. I, I tried to watch a handful of games. I found myself watching the USA England game. And I just, I couldn't, uh, before I knew it, I, I had changed the channel and I'm watching an episode of house hunters, uh, buying the Bayou and totally okay with that. Just total snooze fest zero zero. Don't even feel like a lot of these guys are playing hard. Uh, to me, I might be a naked eye. I could be amateur ignorant speaking here, but it kind of seems like going through the motions a little bit. And then, you know, way intense celebration and way it's like a bunch of Luka Doncic out there a bunch of crying about everything Nick B is the 2022 World Cup in Qatar a flop um no absolutely not man it's been fantastic I've watched I can't say I've watched every match but I've watched the vast majority of them and you know I do feel like there's a little like Steve Nash may be a little bit of a unicorn here I feel like basketball people are generally not soccer fans and soccer people are generally not basketball fans. I find that to be interesting. So I kind of feel like DK, I understand where your take is coming from um, because you're, you're a basketball guy first and foremost, but uh, I love the game of soccer, love the game of golf. Uh, those are, you know, kind of what I follow the most. So, uh, but, but, but we're all different, right? So I would say that it's been extremely intense. Um, there's been, you know, a couple huge upsets. Japan came out and upset 
uh, Germany. Nobody saw that coming. And I think the biggest upset in the first round, um, Argentina, Messi's Argentina goes down to Saudi Arabia, who's never even won a World Cup match ever. So um, I could see that if, if you're not a connoisseur of the game, if you don't watch a whole lot of Premier League, Bundesliga, uh, La Liga, any of the other league, it may seem like a boring match out there, but I can tell you the intensity is at an all-time high. The player, This is more than the Olympics. I mean, this is the Olympics to these players. So um, that, that may be why it seems a little bit maybe boring at times for you is because there's so much tactical intensity going on in the game that there's not as much scoring action because they're oh not willing goodness. to kind of put this, on the line. This soccer soliloquy is boring. <laughs> Nigby, uh, I liked your, your basketball fan, soccer fan analogy, because I, I think it's true in a lot of cases. But one thing, you, you're an American football fan. Did you, would you watch a Cardinals-Rams game that ended in a 0-0 tie with 35 combined punts, three and outs? Would you watch that? I have been to a Cardinals Minnesota Vikings tie six to six in live and in person. One of the most awkward times leaving the stadium because we couldn't tell yeah. if I should cheer or not. Shut up. You can't ask a Cardinals fan that question because we. Have- no, no, it's a great question because I've actually been thinking about it and going back and forth. I mean, the Cardinals are my team. They've always been my team, but Manchester United is also my team. And somebody just recently asked me, like, would you rather watch Manchester United in the Champions League final or the Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl. It was Cardinals in the Super Bowl. I didn't even have to think about it, actually. It's just a snap reaction. But I am way more into the Manchester United games than I you know, would have been in the past. So um, sorry for boring you, DK. Should yeah. we talk more about some G League basketball players that... God, that gets me fired up. That gets gets me way more fired up. No, but I think it's a good take. And I think that's a fair... That's how the country feels. I I didn't see the exact numbers, but I believe Ohio State-Michigan game was going on the same time as the World Cup. Uh, I think even the USA match this week. And it was 18 million to like 2 million uh, as far as eyes on on that game in this country. So we like football, whatever. Way more exciting. And and NFL was crazy this weekend. We'll do a little NFL talk to lock up the, the that. Rip, are you getting your kids? Because you mentioned kids with the golf, kids with the soccer. Seems like an easy activation. Nick B's got a superstar child who's going to be going to college soon playing soccer. What do you think, Rip, about uh, soccer World Cup with, with your kids? They're old enough now to, to, to either say thumbs up or thumbs down. I mean, maybe in four years when it's on U.S. soil and the, the game times are a, a little more appropriate. I mean, right now, my kid's in school. There's an 11 a.m. Uh, U.S.-Iran game, you know, and, and most of the other games are even earlier. So the latest games, I think, have been at 11 a.m. So it's tough for, for kids to, to get that on their schedule. But I think the biggest thing with the World Cup is is the crowds and the patriotism that people show. And uh, I mean, even if it is a 0-0 tie, it is exciting because of the energy from the crowd. That's kind of my take on it. So that that's why I would watch a little bit of it. But I want to see I want to see goals in the end. You know, I want to see a, a three to two game at least, you know, if not more. Mm, amen. Give us some goals. World Cup. Also, let's not do World Cup in Qatar anymore. Seems like not most uncool place to do it. Let's go someplace where they actually like fun a little bit, where you can dance and wear what you want and do what you want a little bit more. Uh, bring that thing out to Hawaii. Bring that thing to Phoenix. A lot of controversy. World Cup in Phoenix, bro. You got to give it some credit because it's it's multi-states. It's going to be, I think, Chicago. It's going to be all over the United States. But great take, dude, because uh, there's a lot of controversy going on. Qatar, the first country to ever uh, make it to the World Cup by virtue of being the host. 
they actually did not deserve to be there. They didn't win to qualify to get in, which every other country does have to do. So there's absolutely some controversy going on there. But I mean, I guess the moral of that story is follow the money, right? Whoever's got the most yeah. money is going to have the World Cup. Money. And and it's, go ahead, Rev. Go ahead. Let's, there's let's... all kinds of stories about how many migrant workers died building the stadiums and getting ready for this thing. So, yeah, just Qatar's trash. I mean, let's move on and never have it there again, like DK said. Yeah, we're one star political one star political commentators, but like put it in a place that's going to have some fun. You okay, also don't have to be a political commentator to to understand logistics. And in a country that has three hundred thousand people is not going to be able to support five extremely large, brand new, state of the art arenas. Basically, they're going to be empty, like we've seen in other places. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a little bit of logic that can be associated, not necessarily just political insight. Look at entrepreneur Nick B adding the logistics and logic into the Qatar 2022 WC World Cup. For me, a flop. Whatever. We'll see. Go USA. Okay. Any other hot takes on the World Cup? I want to move on. Rip, you got, you got anything else to say about it? I'll just Rip, say the finals on December 18th. If you're not checking out any of the other matches, you absolutely should watch the final. It's December 18th. That's December all I got. 18th. My, my vote, my bet will be that we will be watching uh, uh, Belgium versus the Netherlands. The Nick's home, Nick's hometown, the Netherlands. Uh, That's that Big Earn's Big Earn's hometown. I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. But Big Earn was born in Rotterdam and is 100% Dutch. Let's go. Let's go. Cool. Well, shit. Good weekend for me. I, I had kind of a five-star week. I was having a hard time thinking of some of my one-star moments. Really a lot to the basketball tournament. Well, I played double golf. So double golf plus going to three days of a college basketball tournament equals five stars for your boy. Is that Am I easy or hard? Is that basic? Am I like an easy guy if that makes me happy? Or is that hard to, to do? That's a five-star sports week. I mean... Yeah, Dude, it was a star sports week. I couldn't every time I turned on the TV, it was an incredible game, whether it was a college football game, NFL game, these basketball tournaments. I'll talk about the Mount Invitational, but this uh tournament in Portland, the Phil Knight, fucking fire. Uh great hoops, man. Really proud of this sports weekend. Nick B, I know you didn't even get to experience much of it. I'll give you a quick rundown of the Maui Invitational. I know you're up at your flagstaff house, uh, flying in on the chopper there. Maui invite though, bro, was I'll just tell you this. I'll give you just two two quick things from the basketball point of view. I think future pros, hot take, Tommy Lloyd, head coach of University of Arizona. He has head coach written all over him, Rip. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you, do you feel me on that? Well, and he was the Mark Fuse assistant at Gonzaga for a long time and went to, went to Tucson and immediately, like last year, had what, like a crazy record, 30 and six or something like that. And now he's back undefeated. They're ranked number two. Coach of the year, and he has it. Yeah, you see him like he demands. Like I just did a couple walkbys, and I got like a head coach. You can feel it. Like Cliff Kingsbury does not have this. Okay, <laughs> but this man Tommy Lloyd has it written all over him. I can see him coaching like a Hawks. I can see him coaching one of those medium teams, taking them from good to great. So keep an eye on Tommy Lloyd. Also seemed like a really nice guy. Kind of seemed like a chubby baby in the face, which was funny. But NBA all over him. I really loved Matt Bradley. Rip, if we can maybe get a San Diego State guy on this pod. San Diego State's got some some great fucking athletes. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they make a deep run in the tournament. There's built like a built like a football player, Matt Bradley, too. Hmm. Right? He's a fullback style guy. He creates his own space. And then he has these like soft hands, kind of like a better Wainwright on the Suns. What else do I got? Matt Bradley, I liked. Ooh, bouncy, bouncy. Daniel Bacho, Texas Tech, Red Raider. Keep an eye on Daniel Balcher. In fact, Rip, actually, fun fact about the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, he did not play in Maui, but the Red Raiders 
have a guy on your roster who's your guy, who you actually know. He was coached by a one-star alumni coach, Rip. Do you know who it is? No, a player on their roster? A player who hit the transfer portal, who uh, their coach spoke very highly of him on this show. And now he's on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. He did not play in Maui, but he's going to make a big difference, I think, for the Red Raiders. Do you have a guess? I'm stumped. Dude, our guy, former Utah Valley State, seven-footer, head, head coach Mark Madsen on the pod. has got Our guy, Fardwaz, bro. Fardwaz on there. He moved over to Texas Tech? Big Red Raider now. Why is he? Why is he sitting out? I mean, the guy's a twenty and ten guy. Is he? Uh, is he He's injured? listeners, yeah, check him out. Uh, I'm not sure. I think something with something with a hammy or a back or something. You know, who knows? Okay. But he was out wow. here. He was out here. I tried to get a picture with him. I was unsuccessful, and that will lead me into my one star moment of the week uh, at the tournament as well. And we'll slide right up. You guys have any questions? Any more questions? That's, I guess well, the, that's a big take. So my, my quick question is: uh, What I mean, this is pretty much your first uh, experience as a member of the media at this Maui Invitational. We're planning on going back next year, maybe even doing it bigger. What were you maybe tentative about this year or didn't do that you wanted to do that you'll for sure do next year, going in more confident being the second time around? Super important. I missed the opening Sunday where it's done actually at the hotel across the street and it's super interactive. They have all the coaches, all the players, all the staff, everybody in this in, in really a big conference room and you're chilling, eating snacks. And I missed that. I was traveling this week. So by the time I got there, dude, it's a lot of hoops. And you know what it is, Rip, that I think is why this tournament's so fun? And I believe it's probably the same way with the Bahamas tournament and even the one that we're watching in Portland. And stop me if I told you this, but I think they wake up in the morning, have some breakfast at a nice hotel, pop on the bus, go to the locker room, put their shoes on, and then they're playing immediately. So it's just hard. They're bouncy. They're pumped up. There's not a lot of weight. You know, a normal game, you go, you shoot around, you wait, you wait, you shoot or you go to the bus. Not a lot of that happening here. And same with the coaches. It was moving quickly. So I wish I would have built that rapport on Sunday a little bit more from that side. Second thing, now that we have a full understanding of it, I was hanging with all the scouts and basketball guys, the media room, and it will lead me into my one star movement of the week. Not the hot, not the happen in place. Nothing in there, and it will get me to my one-star moment of the week. You ready? You ready, boys, to get there? I'm ready. My favorite right. part of the show. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Listeners, we just do a quick, uh, we're one-stars, and we, we we have moments, and we like to share them with the world, good, bad, or ugly. This one in particular, though, uh, for me, was at the tournament. I was ready to make my move. I'm getting all this pressure from Nick being ripped. I need to get a photo with one of these guys and see if I can log them up, whatever. So I make my move. It was in between the... Um, it was a garbage game, Ohio State, Louisville. And I see our guy, Dan Schulman Rip, who was on the podcast. Great. Lives in Toronto. Wonderful dude. Listen back to that episode if you want to check him out. And then the nicest human in the world, Jay Billis, calling the game. So I'm ready to make my move. I walk on by, you know, had a five-star week. I'm feeling pretty good. Give him kind of the what's up about five feet away. Big Jay Billis, Dan Schulman. They got their they got their headphones on. They, they're kind of getting their notes ready. By the way, the dudes work super hard, Rip. Did you see that they the next day they were calling the Portland game? They left Maui immediately. And the next day they were in Portland calling the Portland tournament. Did you see that? You texted me that. I was like, man, those guys are, yeah, they're 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 moving all over the place during the college season. It's crazy. Yeah, they love hoops. They love hoops. Anyway, so I, I do the, so I go in for the fist pound. So I get a return fist pound immediately from Schulman. But I didn't Respect. have the opportunity to do the next thing and i froze up a little bit i was gonna do like one star like hey, i i froze up but i got it but i got that from from, from schumann now their headphones are on what uh but i got the fist on 
On to Billis. Eye contact made. Here's the one star part. Eye contact made. So he saw the human in front of him. Fist out. Fuck. Billis left me hanging, bros. Let oh my god. I let it hang for about three seconds before the producer gave me the gave me the slide over. Oh, uh, my God. Billis gave me the push. It, it felt like 30 seconds, but it was wow. only three seconds. Away. And then I proceeded to uh, flip my media badge over because it was backwards. So I thought, oh, maybe he just didn't see my badge. So I flipped it over and uh, got the wave. And I proceeded to head to the media room, which I was then ate some comp- complimentary shame popcorn in the media room. And I ended up talking to Lenny, who covers high school sports for the Maui <laughs> Maui News now, about the waves being good that day. So that's my one star moment, bros. Dude, it, let me let me just say that the uh, producer, whoever waved you on, one star moment for him and anybody else out there in the world. Like, if you ever see somebody go for the fist pound and 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 somebody else leaves them hanging, please roll in and pound that fist. It's so easy. Just save them. Save the homie, man. What, I, was it? Were you? Did you interrupt the broadcast? Was it? Was it in the middle of a broadcast? No, it's in between games. They just get you get going through notes and shit, and they're like, you know, whatever. They're not focused on staring into, you know, the people in front of them. But the eye contact was made. It was that was like so one star. He definitely there's a human in front of him going for a fist pound straight back down to his notes. Hey, the the only person that was a one-star moment for in my opinion was jay billis man he missed out on a uh, fist bump in the dk of the one-star recruits popped in for the popped in for the uh, arizona creighton game which was a great championship game uve obviously won enjoyed the whole game with my friend gm travis schleck of the atlanta hawks former warrior my guy nick uren he's a pro scouting uh, uh, a coaching scout for the warriors led to one moment of shame have some popcorn had a little bit of water got back on my feet I was back in there. So I still maybe lined up some stuff for us in the future, Rip, just on not the media side, more of the the basketball side, which we do love GMs. We had Trajan Langdon on. Our listeners love getting those guys. So we'll see. Stay tuned. Nick B is officially boycotting any Jay Billis announced games until he either personally apologizes to DK, gives him a fist pound, or comes on the one-star recruits. That's just ridiculous. Give me the fist pound, boy. Yeah, he's been so he was so good. He was doing this 94 feet with uh, Jay Billis uh, during the Maui tournament where he would just walk 94 feet on the beach with uh, the star player on the team. Great television. He is great at what he does. So no disrespect. It's all good. I'll take the one star. Jay Billis, I will still support you because I think you're really damn good at what you do. And Shulman's really damn good at what he does. So uh, all good. You know what it is, Nick B? I'm just going to get him next year, bro. Okay. Okay. I like it. You get knocked down, you pick yourself up and right back in the same place and do it better. What you got? What you got, Nick B? What's your one star moment of the week? And this is the time, listeners, when Nick B says he has so many and then he. I do. And okay, so I'm going to start off by saying my one star moment of the week is not having or, or, or to be set up here in the outdoors with planes flying over my head is could be a one star moment of the week. Not going to use it. Nick B didn't get his. Uh, <laughs> Nick B. Nick B did not get his uh, microphone <laughs> set up, but he thought, "Hey, let's go somewhere where there's no echo." The garage last time sounded terrible, so I'm like, "Hey, let's go outside. Should be no echo. The the volume would be way better." So, but that is not one of my one star moment of the week. And actually, uh, I'm going to hop up, take a few extra minutes, probably more time than I should be allotted here, DK. But I want to give you and Rip some props because I can't. I don't even know the mathematically which uh, uh, number of times this is me appearing on the show, but I've been wanting to say this every time and just keep forgetting podcasting is so much harder 
than people think. Um, I've li- I listened to your guys' show, I think, for two years before ever even coming on once. And my list of criticism for UDK, because we go way back, we were roommates. Uh, my list for you and the criticism was so long. A little bit of criticism for Rip, but de- definitely like criticizing every single thing that DK ever did on the pod. And then I come on and I'm thinking, oh, I'm just going to be this completely authentic. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to tell the truth. And I dropped lies. Very first time I was on there, I was dropping lies. And and since then, I probably haven't had a full lies. Bro, we all lies. Podcasting is hard, bro. And so I just wanted to give you guys some love before um, saying my one star, uh, my one star moment. Of the week. So I'm gonna slide right into there because I know DK wants to tell me something backhanded or he wants to make no, a joke, no, no. but you gotta I, give you a problem. I want to tell you too, Nick B, that thank you. Compliments are always lovely, and that's very kind to you. And listeners, you heard Nick B in this interview that you just listened to for his first time ever. And you know what? It's kind of sweet, Nick B. I knew you were you were super nervous, man. Uh, but you did it. I was dude, I was so nervous to interview Nota Begay. So yeah, I was extremely nervous, thought about it all day, like six in the morning. My wife's like, no, I'm not gonna give you any advice on what you're going to talk about i was very nervous i was very nervous to even just be on your guys' pod without somebody so yeah but sure. you did it all right compliments being floated all around give us your okay one, done with that one okay star one star moment. moment of the week so this this probably happens multiple times per week and probably happens every week but my one star moment is when my daughter comes up to me and i'm either texting from my phone or i'm sending an email or whatever and the one star move is actually lying and saying oh this is an important work text when it's not i've done that before it's totally a one-star move and so that's something that happens regularly but i will say that this week i even took it a step further i'm kind of embarrassed to say this and and hopefully neither of my daughters ever listen to this but um uh you know i was right in the middle of a text or an email i can't remember what it was and lucy was asking me something and i literally looked down and said can't you see that i'm busy and i have shit to do like who says that to your six-year-old bro i told her i have shit to do or i was like it might have been like can't you see I have so much shit to do? I was like, what? It's such a one-star move, bro. Like, I, I was embarrassed to say it. Um, one, one-star parenting moment. You, oh, should, uh, you should forget to pick her up at school today, like Noda did with his daughter. <laughs> just heard <laughs> in the interview. Just uh, top it off. Everybody forgets to pick up their kid from school at least once. But, dude, you don't drop the S-bomb to your six-year-old, man. I'm embarrassed. I'm slapping myself in the face right now. I'm going back on mute. Thanks. Head on mute, but don't feel so ashamed. What kids here are hearing nowadays, dude, are... The- Shit is the least of what they're hearing on the regular, but good Nick be a good parenting moment. My bald headed friend Rip here though is one who would never cuss at his kids ever. Right, Rip? I try not to, man. They repeat everything you hear, but man, I don't think you I don't think you ever have. Have you? In one moment of slip up even had a had a cuss word come out? I can count on one hand, probably two or three fingers, how many times it happened. My wife's worse at it than me, but as Nick B knows, man, we all have our weak moments. So, you know, nobody's perfect. Nick, no B, Nick B coming live from the flight path of the Chandler Gilbert Community <laughs> Airport, by the way. Yeah, He's but, got a private plane there at the Chandler Airport. That's why. Parked right down the street. My one-star moment of the week also involves uh, being a parent a little bit. My wife was – we have this bike seat that goes on the back of your bike that holds our toddler, a four-year-old. And uh, we, she was riding back from Target, and one of the pieces popped off where you're supposed to secure the seat. And so the seat, like, shot forward, and the kids, like, hurt – and so she, she rides home for, you know, it's like a five minute ride. So she rides home. She says, Hey, something's wrong with this bike seat. And so I pick up the piece and I'm like, Oh, the piece is just not in the right place. So I, I put it in the slot that, that kind of holds the bike seat down to attaches to the rest of the bike, but it's still not right. It's still moving all around. We take the kid out. And so I'm like, all right, I'll call the company. I think we're missing a piece. We'll, we'll get a replacement. We actually went and retraced the steps, you know, walk back to target, see if we could find the piece anywhere. 
but no dice. So I, I call the company. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, we're missing this piece. Can I order a replacement? And the guy says, uh, you know, it's a yellow piece. This is what you're looking for. I said, Oh, I said, it's right here. And I said, so it goes in vertically. Right. And he says, no, it goes in horizontally. So long story short, the piece is in the wrong place. So I, I take it out, put it in the right place. Everything's good. It's a one-star moment of the week. I, I, I went through this whole thing, called the company, was ready to fork out like 20 bucks for a replacement piece. I had the thing and the damn thing in the wrong place. That's it, man. That's and you put it together originally? Is that the one-star mo- moment? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I put the thing together. I just couldn't remember where it went. And there was some for some reason, there's two slots that it fits exactly in, and I just had it in the wrong one. So, I mean, the, luckily the kid didn't get hurt. But, man, I'm a, I'm on a bad streak of putting my kids in the ER and getting them hurt by by my own doing. <laughs> one's easy good stuff you got we, we got to share with the world you know especially as parents it is funny i got a baby here it's funny how uh your parents every day could be a chaotic adventure of uh complete one-star moments and then you just get that one five-star moment when the kid does something cool all good in the hood uh nick b i got ripped so good with a d's nuts joke on text so good oh i think i, I saw it, it. i thought <laughs> it was coming you well, you went right into it. The thing is that day I got about four people. I'll tell you, this is so low brow and immature. But I, if you want to have any fun during the holiday seasons, um, I got two people that day. Here's how you do it if you really wanted to do it. I call my boy Will, who's my golf buddy, uh, and I had to ask him if he wanted to play yesterday when we played whatever. But I, I the, the, he said, "Yeah, I'll play. I'll, I'll meet you out there at one." I said, "Okay, cool, man. Hey, uh, did you know that that you're not allowed to uh, go to the driving range at Kapalua anymore?" He's like, what? I said, no, you're not allowed to go there. You know, D told me that you can't go anymore. And he got pissed. He goes, what? Who who the fuck is D? And I lost it because he was so pissed. And I walked right into it. I was like, he's nuts, motherfucker. And that was the third (laughs) time I got him in two days. (laughs) (laughs) The key to the success success of that joke is you got to get him a little worked up with something that they care about. D told me, you know, at the gym that you were not allowed to go. Very, very lowbrow. Lowbrow comedy, high payoff in the laugh uh, return stocks. Shout out to uh, former guest and slam dunk champion D Brown. Brown. Probably has heard those jokes his entire life. Oh, D's nuts. I can't believe it came back to me at 40. That's a good call, man. I think it's time to bring D's nuts back. I've been overusing the Joe Mama. You know how you give it that? Who's uh, Joe told me that? Joe who? Joe Mama. So those, they kind of go together, but. Oh, that's the lamest thing ever, Nick B. That one (laughs) on the Joe Mama. One star. Uh, Rex of the week, listeners. Anything that made us feel good from the week, we'd like to share with y'all. For me, for, th- for before me, before th- we go into that, DK, can I interrupt you real quick to say yeah. before we go into Rex of the week, can I just real quick uh, for for accountability on the pod? I know you and I like to do this with each other, but Nota Begay did tell us straight up that we need to lose some LBs. Like mm-hmm. the highlight of my uh, short podcasting career is asking Nota Begay a question, falling flat on my face that I didn't realize he had designed a golf course in Arizona idiot and mm. then hearing him give us the advice that we need to lose some lb so i'm going to go ahead and throw out there that i'm going to take your advice nota i think that a prime weight for me would be 189 pounds love to hear your guys's take on that and then i would also love to hear your ideal golf weight dk mm. and then how how we're going to get there and when we expect to be uh in full playing shape so that we can't use that as an excuse i think 189 is good for you i'm th- i'm at 180 right now i think i'm I maybe could do a couple pounds less and go get some more muscle, but I'm very happy with my 180. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm in good golf playing shape. I just have to work on my damn swing, bro. But I like 189 for you. I think that's a good goal. How are you going to get there, Nick B? I Nick think B's going to work on his 
core, bro. I got to work on my core, I think, right? You got to work on that core. I think you got to, uh, yeah, make sure that you watch that booze sometimes, Nick B. Nick B, just a beer belly. That's going to have a beer belly. It's good, though. Good accountability there. Recommendation is a little weak. Mine is easy. And for Thanksgiving, we did not do traditional Thanksgiving. We went out to a, a place here in Hawaii called Da Kind, like duck, D-U-C-K, kind, K-I-N-E, a restaurant that specializes and only does duck dishes, which is a little bit different. But my recommendation, if you haven't had it, uh, is to go get a roasted duck. So if you just Google like any Hong Kong restaurant is the best, but a roasted duck, crispy skin, and they serve it with little bao buns, little green onion and some hoisin sauce. It's the jam. It's really a, a delectable treat. I don't get it a lot. It's not something that, but I think on a Sunday night, if you want to maybe take your kids out and show them something new and have delicious, delicious food that you don't normally get, go get yourself a roast duck. That's my wreck of the week. I second that when I, one of the top five meals of my life, when I went over to China for a wedding, like it, 10 years ago was that Peking duck in Beijing. So good with all the sauces and the flavor. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I it's a little bit, it's a little bit greasier. It's a little rich, but it's, uh, it's a really enjoyable experience, especially with the way they present it. And so, so put it on your list, duck. I got this, this might be my most important wreck of the week uh, of this entire podcast history. Uh, I, I actually taught it to my mother-in-law over the weekend uh, during Thanksgiving, and she was very receptive to it. It's something my plumber taught me about five years ago is that everyone has a dishwasher that is very close to their sink. The pipes are all lined up together. And a lot of times the dishes, as we know, don't get fully clean, especially some of those tough ones. It's a simple tip. It'll save you a lot of work, a lot of dishwasher unloading and reloading. It's start the hot water before you run the dishwasher. Start the hot water on your sink before you run the dishwasher. Let it heat up and then press start on the dishwasher. So right when that dishwasher starts, it's going in with steaming hot water. That first initial rinse is so important. It gets your dishes so much cleaner than just not turning on the water and just starting with cold water and waiting for it to heat up. Because I don't know about you guys, but mine takes like 60 to 90 seconds to heat up. That's a crucial 60 to 90 seconds in the dishwasher cycle. So start the dishwasher with hot water in the sink and thank me later, man. It'll get your dishes so much cleaner. You guys hot do that? I, you know what? I, I do it with my bidet. So I get I warm, will now. warm water on my butt. I'm telling no, you, you man, it might, it might be my most important recommendation ever on this Rip, pod. How about, so placement, much. how about placement of um, bigger items that I, in my head, I think create water blockage, which don't get some of my dishes clean. For example, a cutting board put on the far, like uh, right hand, like left hand side uh, of the thing. I feel like I'm getting water blockage and I'm not getting the insides clean. True or false? I mean, dishwasher organization is a whole nother show, probably a whole nother podcast. It leads to divorces between couples, fights all the time like that. That's a whole nother show, DK. I mean, and every dishwasher shaped differently, but. I agree with you that the, that's probably the second most important thing about. I think I'm a bad. I, th- I feel like I'm a really bad Tetris dishwasher person. <laughs> oh, I, it doesn't I matter. Shit in there. I cram shit in there all the time. It doesn't matter how good of a job I do. I it could be perfect, and she's taking them all out, rearranging them, bro, every time. And I do think you introduced me on this pod one time as the guy who rinses off his dishes because I do. I make sure that they're clean. But with your recommendation, maybe I won't do it as often. And my wife is going to love your recommendation of it because she always puts those nasty dishes in there without fully rinsing them. So try it out. I can't man. wait. Try, for it, out. To try it out and tell me if it makes a difference. Absolutely. Right, we'll do. Nick B., what do you got? What's your wreck of the week, Nick B., for the people? All right. So for my wreck of the week, um, it's a show. Pretty sure it's HBO. I should go back and check this or maybe Rip can edit it and then 
tell it. I think it's either HBO or Netflix, whatever you'll find it, but it's a, a documentary called Stutz, uh, S-T-U-T-Z, I believe. And it's freaking amazing, bro. I can't really explain too much about it other than it's basically Jonah Hill making a documentary about his relationship with his uh, psychologist and ha- and some tools that have helped him throughout his career. And I feel like it's a show, I'm probably going to watch it a total of 10 times for sure three times within this next week it's a show that you just there's so much that you can take away from it so that's my record of the week i like it cool man nice something for the mental for nick b well boys i love you um great golf episode i'm gonna keep at it i'm gonna make a commitment to myself with some of those tips noah dropped as well as i gotta get you know i gotta make good contact consistently with golf balls and that takes practice and going to the range so i'll keep uh i'll keep you all posted on the social media as i continue this journey uh, Nick B needs to play more. So you also need to play a little bit more. Nick B, I know you're a busy man, but you need to play once a week if you can. And Rip, maybe we can get before the end of the year, uh, uh, nine holes with uh, your kid out there on the course, you think? Oh, you're only giving me about four weeks. Uh, maybe end of 2023, I'll commit to. End of 2023? <laughs> I need more time, DK. Okay. okay, maybe a go- top golf session. I'm busy door dashing. When am I supposed to find time for that? Yeah, you guys are busy. Every time I say anything to Nick B, he says, I think I got kids and I'm busy. I get it, fellas, but I want you guys to also uh, possibly raise golfers. Nick B, you taking Lucy to the range? I do need to take her to the range. I did take Jameson to the drive chip and putt challenge back when the Masters was going on back when she was like eight years old or something. Uh, but no, I haven't taken Lucy yet, but I, I definitely need to get her out there more. Get her out there. You got one, Nick B, down in Marana, Arizona, Top Golf. Rip, you got one down down in LA. Hit a Top Golf if you guys have a chance. Listeners, hit us up on social media. We appreciate you so much. We got we're gonna do our best to wrap up the the year with some guests. Gets a little bit tougher towards the holiday season, like work and normal lives and normal people. They start doing stuff for holidays, but we will for sure be back week after week after week. Love it, like it, hate it. Five stars on Spotify or Apple. It's the best way to say thank you for us. Rip, wrap this show up, baby. I just want to give a quick shout out to some uh, Golden State Warriors employees, DK, some of our guys, Andrew Rossi of the Shooting 2 podcast, who uh, my son and I got down for shoot around last week when we were up in San Francisco and uh, watched Steph Curry's greatness, Clay Thompson, all those guys warm up. Andrew Rossi, thank you for hooking that up. And of course, uh, our guy Cam Quick, who I mentioned last week, Got us the tickets to the game. So GSW, first class organization, first class gentleman right there. So shout out to those guys. Wonderful podcast, gentlemen. Excited, I think. Go USA. I hope there's some goals scored. Uh, You'll know when you're listening to this podcast uh, later this week if some goals were scored and if USA is on its way to World Cupping. What do you get if you win the World Cup? An actual cup? Bro, it's like the most coveted trophy in the world, dude. It ain't no Stanley. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, it's the World Cup, dude. That's what it is. World Have you ever heard of a gold medal? You know what happens when you win an Olympic event, DK? There's a gold, there's a silver, there's a bronze. Are you aware of that? But is, is, it, it, bro. Is, it literally a, is it literally a cup like you drink out of? Uh, as much as a Stanley Cup is a cup. It, you put beers in there. Can you oh, put absolutely. beer in and drink? It? You don't know soccer. Football, it's very confusing. It could be the cup you put over your over your penile, and we don't know because <laughs> it's soccer and football. We're very confused by it. But go USA. Give us five stars. We'll see you next week. See you next USA, week. USA two 0 Let's go.